Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. This is episode 349. We really have got a special guest. I I love this lady. Um, she's got all the attributes which I don't have my listeners, viewers, intelligence, good looks, charm, um, coder, marketer, all the things which I lack. That's Natalie Lossier. Natalie, would you like to introduce yourself to the quickly to the listeners and viewers? Yeah, thank you so much for having me on, Jonathan and Sydney. So, uh, Sydney, I am Natalie Lucier, um, and I have been making websites since I was 12 years old. So that's kind of how I got started in this whole thing. I ended up studying software engineering in university and then working on Wall Street in Silicon Valley as an intern during that time. And when I graduated, I had a job offer um, to work on Wall Street that I turned down to start my first business. And part of that was, you know, it was 2008, you know, the things were kind of just shaky with the whole financial industry. And also there was a part of me that said, like, if you take this job, you're going to wake up 40 years down the road and just be like, what did you do with your life? So um, I always knew I wanted to start a business. I decided to just go for it. And that first business was actually in the healthy eating space. And I built my website on WordPress, kind of just figured it all out myself. And um, eventually people started asking me, who built your website? How are you doing all the stuff you're doing in marketing? And that kind of spiraled into the next business, which was a web design (laughs) company that I ran for about two years. Um, And then after that, I realized okay, I'm doing all this work for clients, but if I had a tool that they could use instead of me doing the work for them, um, that would also solve more problems a little bit easily. Um, So I ended up um, essentially getting my husband to quit his job and join my business to become my tech co-founder. And um, together we started Access Ally and Pop-Up Ally and a bunch of other tools, which we can totally (laughs) talk about as well. (laughs) That's great. Thanks, Natalie. And we've got my great co-host, Cindy Nicholson. Would you like to introduce yourself, Cindy? Oh, hi, everyone. Um, It's Cindy Nicholson here from thecoursewhisperer.com. And uh, I help entrepreneurs that want to create online courses. I help uh, make those courses awesome. That's great. And I'm the founder of WP Tonic. We are a maintenance agency that help build membership sites and also support them and learning management systems. Before we go straight into our interview with Natalie, I just want to talk quickly about one of our great sponsors, and that's WP Fusion. And what is WP Fusion, you might ask yourself, Well, it's fantastic, but in your technology stack, the two main tools, you should have WordPress, obviously, and your CRM. And what WP Fusion does, it allows you to put those two things and allow them to communicate with one another. And you can do amazing things with your membership site, your learning management system, or your e-commerce site about tracking your clients, about showing them different things connected to different actions. It's just amazing. If you're really interested in that, and you should be, I would go over to um, WP Fusion. And if you go there tomorrow, they're doing a Thanksgiving, they're doing a Friday special, and you'll get 30% off, which is a mate on all their packaging packages, which is an amazing deal. 
Well, Natalie, where shall we start? Um, I think you've done a good coverage of your background. So um, we decided between ourselves that we're going to talk about CRM and CRM optimization. Um, can you give a quick outline why people that got a membership learning management system site should be looking at CRM optimization and what are some of the benefits they could get from it? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if you're watching this, you're probably pretty technical already, but just to give you a background on CRMs and kind of how they've changed over the years. So it was, you know, contact relationship management. It was basically just having all of your contacts, um, knowing, you know, what you've done with all of your contacts over time, maybe what emails they've opened and that kind of thing. But things have really evolved a lot over the years. And now you can tag, you can have custom fields, you can store a lot more data on each of your contacts as they do different things with your business and especially with your courses and your membership sites. So for example, if somebody has not logged in for a while, it would be great to be able to use your automation marketing system to remind them that they purchased your course or that they signed up for something and to have them complete or at least get more of the value that you promised them and that they originally signed up for. So those are some things you can start to do with automation marketing. Um, and obviously it's not something that you have to do manually, right? You don't have to like pull up a report and say, okay, I'm going to manually email these five people or these hundred people. Um, it, this just happens in the background once you set up the automations. Um, and so there's, you know, obviously retention pieces like that, that you can use for your membership and your courses. There's also um, all kinds of stuff around cart abandonment to make sure that if somebody has started their um, shopping experience with you and they don't complete their purchase, you can use your automation marketing system to kind of woo them back and get them to complete their purchases. Um, and obviously there's all kinds of other cool stuff. If they complete a quiz, you can apply a tag to send a different email series, or um, if they click on an email button in, in one link in an email and not another, maybe you show them different content in the membership site because they're more interested in that topic. Um, and that's kind of where they're at right now in their journey. So there's a lot that you can do between the two systems. And um, I like to think about it as a way to extend the journey in a personalized way. So it's not just relying on, um, you know, yourself to try to like keep track of what everybody's going on, uh, going to be working on or like what they're up to at, at your membership site in your courses. That's great. Cindy? Yeah, no, it's, it's, I think uh, the automation is a huge opportunity, especially for people who are creating courses and membership sites, particularly from what you've talked about in terms of, you know, if they haven't visited in a while or if they've completed something to encourage them to keep going on. So what kinds of things do you see in, uh, for people who have these set, uh, this CRM automation with membership courses and membership sites and online courses, what kinds of other things are they doing to kind of really help? with the engagement of the course to help people go through it. Yeah, so um, there's different things that we've been testing and that we've seen people test. So you probably are familiar with the concept of unlocking the next module once somebody completes the current module. So, you know, once they complete a quiz or once they complete, um, you know, watching videos and that kind of thing. So you can use automation to automatically unlock the next piece of content. Um, and so we've actually done tests around that. And um, it, it seems like it would work better because you would have people complete, but actually it's the opposite, <laughs> having things unlocked. Uh, from the get-go allows people to kind of jump in and, and dive into the content that they really need right now. Um, so I wouldn't have progress-based unlocking because that is a functionality that our software obviously allows, Access Ally. Um, but at the same time, 
what does really work well is to um, drip the content over time. So it is too much sometimes for people to try to consume an entire course, uh, you know, on day one or day two, even though that's when they're the most excited. So dripping content week to week does tend to in- increase um, engagement and get people to go and complete it. So um, the other thing that we've seen people do is kind of like a loop to check if they've actually done anything um, on the previous module before you send the next one. So kind of just checking like, okay, are they um, engaging? If not, let's kind of remind them about the thing that they haven't engaged with yet before you send them the next piece. So it doesn't overwhelm them. Oh, you, you, you want me, you should say Jonathan, Cindy. And I'll know you're passing it over to me, Cindy. Um, this is all great, isn't it, um, Natalie? But I... I I think there's people understand it's a great concept and it's something they should really look at, but th- th- then it's a hard thing to really pin down. Can you give some, is there any kind of little case study or anything that's come on your radar where somebody started off with optimization and they got a, a, a nice result from it? Yeah, well, you know, it's it's kind of like all or nothing. So a lot of times, you know, you don't have a, uh, you know, hey, we had our course running. Um, half of our people went through without and half of it went through with. So I think um, there's definitely case studies of automation itself helping people's businesses. Um, and I know the membership site guys talk a lot about that as well. So maybe that's a good resource um, to go and check out. But um, yeah, I think that a lot of times like people go all in and then it's just night and day on their business. So I don't think it's necessarily... Um, like it's not incremental, right? If that makes um, sense. Like it yeah. basically just changes the the nature of how you do business. So um, that's kind of how I see it too, is like when we started, you know, we had a very basic uh, membership site plugin and um, we were running a live challenge. So what we had was a 30-day challenge. Um, people would get a video every day for 30 days. And um, when we did that, it was all through um, you know, ended up we having ended up having to build access. I like to run it just because the tool that we had at the time was not able to handle that volume and people kind of logging into our site at the same time. But um, once we had that evergreen challenge that led into paid courses within our membership site, like that really changed our business. We've had over fifty thousand people go through the free challenge, and um, if without that kind of automation, like I mean, we never could have done it like with each person who joined every day, right? We would have had to. Um, I don't know how, how we would have managed. It would have been like once a month or something. And I feel like that would have slowed down the opt-ins that we had. It would have slowed down the cross-selling functionality that we had because people, once they log in and they see what else is available in a membership site, um, they want to have it, right? And so that was another big part of the success of that strategy for us. So that's kind of our case study. But like I said, I don't have the um, opposite version of like what would have happened if we didn't have automation at that time. Yeah, I totally understand it. Cindy? Yeah, so so you've talked about Access Ally. Is, is, was it pretty much one of your first uh, products that you created then? Yes. So Access Ally was the first product that we created, um, but it's not the first one we released because we knew it would be a bigger thing to support. So we wanted to kind of test the waters with a smaller product first. Um, so we did end up releasing Pop-Up Ally. Um, which is our pop-up opt-in plugin first, because we were like, okay, it's a smaller price point, smaller kind of feature set. Let's make sure we can support it. We can handle, you know, support questions. We have everything we need documentation-wise and stuff um, before we jump into the deep end, <laughs> as I like to think about it, um, with Access Ally, with LMS and all of that stuff. 
And so can you tell me a little bit about more about Access Ally and how, you know, what differentiates itself in, in the marketplace and everything? Yeah, absolutely. So Access Ally is, um, you know, we like to think about it as kind of the all-in-one on WordPress. So it really does integrate deeply with CRM. So all the stuff that we talked about, and when I say CRMs, that is um, currently Infusionsoft, Entreport, ConvertKit, ActiveCampaign, and Drip. So kind of the popular ones in our space, if you will. Um, and so what you can do is you can set up both the order forms, um, abandoned cart follow-up, you can do your actual membership. So that's like all tag-based um, access for different members, and then also the LMS. So, you know, progress tracking and quizzes and video bookmarks, and then affiliate tracking as well. So it's really a fully um, all-in-one system on WordPress that integrates with a CRM. So a lot of people are finding they're not needing to invest in, say, like an Infusionsoft um, e-commerce system because Access Ally handles a lot of that. So they might still use Infusionsoft for the automation piece, but they might not need like kind of the add-ons for Infusionsoft. Wow, that's great. I, and, you know, essentially it was born from the need because you didn't have anything there that would do it in the first place. It's great that you have the skill set to be able to build it yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Jonathan. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how do you see um, online learning going in general? Do you think we've reached a plateau with membership and online learning or do you think it's still in the early days, Natalie? I think, well, I can't really say early days, but I still feel like there's a lot of runway. Um, I think that, you know, people, I would say students and people who are taking online courses are expecting more. So they are looking for a better experience and they're kind of maturing as people who are using the web and people who are using online learning platforms. So I think that the game is being upped from that perspective. So I think us as course creators and also software creators for course creators need to also be aware of the changes in the marketplace as people kind of um, mature and know what's available and what's possible. So I know a lot of times, you know, um, people want to be able to keep track of what they've done so far. They want to come back to where they left off. They want to be able to take notes as they're going through a course. So there are specific things like that that they kind of expect at this point. So I think in that perspective, we're not in the early days, but from, you know, people coming on and creating more courses and like the potential for course creators is still huge. And I don't think that we've tapped at all. Um, there's like stats about the LMS industry and the online learning industry that's like in the billions um, and it's always increasing from year to year. So I think from that perspective, we're definitely um, you know, still have so much to grow. And I think people are also realizing that there's smaller um, kind of niche areas that they can teach in. And that's kind of where I see a lot of the growth because I feel like we think, oh, I need to be like a Harvard or like a university in order to teach something. But no, you just have to know enough to teach someone who's brand new to your topic or um, be a couple of steps ahead of the other person who's going to be learning from you. And I think that is where a lot of the potential lays as well. I think it's kind of like peer-to-peer learning almost. Like we don't have to have um, a specific degree or a specific something or another in order to become a teacher online. Mm, that's great. We're, thank you so much, Natalie. Um, we're going to go for our break, folks. We're coming back. Um, we're going to have more great discussion with Natalie Lucio. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. 
WPtonic is well-known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no-question-asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WPtonic today. That's wp-tonic.com. Just like the podcast. We're coming back. But before we go into our other part of the interview, I want to talk about our my major sponsor, which is Kinster Hosting. Kinster has been a major sponsor of the WP Tonic Show. They've decided to continue that sponsorship in 2019. I'm so grateful for them. And they're a great sponsor. And we host the WP Tonic site on Kinster, and they're just fabulous. And what do you get with Kinster? You get all the bells and whistles if if you're a developer, a WordPress consultant, a power user, and you're looking for hosting that works with a membership site or e-commerce, Kinster is the right choice. You get the latest versions of PHP, all available, staging site, um, site um, everyday backup, um, it's just a host of tools. It's built on Google Cloud Network, fantastic um, um, network. Um, and the best thing is you get 24-7 support from people that really know what they're talking about. So go to Kinster today and tell them that you heard about them from the WP Tonic show. Over to Cindy. What's your question, Cindy? Yeah, so Natalie, I totally agree with you in terms of like the direction with online courses. Like people, I think students are being much more discerning. They're going to select, they're going to choose their courses more selectively. And I think that that means that there's a lot more we can do to make the learning experience really good for them, to keep them engaged, to keep them going through it. So, so I really appreciate those comments for sure. So um, one of the big things that, you know, our listeners are often kind of wondering about or curious about is like, you know, strategies to get people to sign up for their courses. So they spent all this time creating this course. They now want to, you know, get people to take their course. What are what are some uh, strategies that you recommend in order to, to kind of help bump up the subscriber rate for courses? Yeah, okay. I have a lot to say on this. So, you know, I, I'm kind of big or, you know, big on list building, right? And about um, reaching out to your ideal audience and building a list of people that you can follow up with who are interested in your topic or in your potential course topics that you might have down the line. So I think that's kind of step one is you need to have a big reach uh, or at least a targeted reach for the people who would be ideal for your courses. So that's kind of step one. Um, and obviously I have so much to share on like how to do list building. So there's things are constantly changing. There's like Facebook ads you could do. There's, you know, podcast interviews that you could do. There's um, just all kinds of different things you can do to get in front of your ideal people. Um, so that's step one. But then I think from there, once you get them to join your email list or your interest list for your course, or maybe even a taster of your course. So a lot of people are doing um, like a, a first module for free when you opt in or like a piece of the course that kind of gets um, taken out of the course to kind of give someone an idea if this would be a good course for them. Um, I think that works really well too. So something like that, once you have that, then that nurture sequence and that sort of upsell sequence is really important. So that's again, sort of that automation marketing piece where um, how can you kind of design a funnel or um, an email sequence, or even it could be including a, a videos or all kinds of stuff that kind of tells people more about why they should take that course. Um, and so why it's going to benefit them. What are the benefits? Who has taken it so far? 
are. Um, and I think a lot of times people think that sounds good, but is it going to work for me? So can you answer that question in those emails, through case studies, through um, testimonials or other things? That makes a huge, huge difference. Um, and then also beyond that, if you do offer a piece of the course or something free for people to try first is can you also show what's available inside the membership site as an upsell, right? And if you have certain things, so what we've done in the past is we have a little quiz. And if somebody fills out that quiz, we guide them to the next course for them. And so it's kind of like we're giving them a taste of what's going to help them grow or what help them do the next thing in their lives. And so if you have different courses, that could be another sort of natural upsell. Um, and it's not pushy. It's just saying like, hey, you know, we have this course. This is what you said you need help with. This is going to help you solve your problems. Um, and that has also worked really, really well. I, um, I I love the idea of giving them a quiz and helping them direct them to the next the next area that they need to learn from because otherwise it can feel very overwhelming, especially when you get into membership site and see all of this content. If you kind of start out with giving them some sort of quiz to help direct them of where to start first, I, I think that's a that's a great idea, Jonathan. Yeah, Natalie, um, I think everything you outlined is great. So, but I think to keep them engaged in the course because dropout is a kind of the dirty secret of um, online courses and e-learning entrepreneurship. Um, you know, the, the basic statistic that's put out is that, that uh, a tremendous amount of people drop out of online course after three months. And I think the key is building community. I think your course gets them into the program but it's the building of community that will keep them in the course. Got any insights how you build real community on an online course, really? Yeah, so there's, I mean, I totally agree that, you know, people do drop off. And I think it also depends on the topic of the course. And so I know for me, when I became a mom, I signed up for a bunch of parenting courses and like diapering courses and all this stuff. And, you know, that was a phase of my life. And I'm not going to be um, a member of those courses forever, hopefully. <laughs> right. So, I mean, parenting, yes, but not diapers. Um, so that's something to also keep in mind is like based on the topic of the course, there is a natural drop off as people either master it or move on in their lives or whatever it was for the phase of their life. But that being said, there are courses and topics that do um, span, you know, many years and sometimes even like decades. So I think in those cases, it is important to build community and engagement in that way. Um, and some, some of the things I've noticed that really help is to kind of help people find each other in the course. So um, if you're doing a course by yourself, it can be a little bit isolating. And if you have someone who's checking in on you, um, that could be a community manager. It could be, you know, the course creator themselves kind of just tapping someone on the shoulder and saying like, hey, how's it going um, in a forum or a Facebook group or something. But I also think pairing people together tends to work really well. And we've done that in our courses as well as we have people find sort of accountability buddies. And um, it's not a perfect system because not everyone wants one. Some people might not, might be too busy to have one, but um, when you kind of allow people to find each other and say like, hey, you know, I'd love to meet every couple of weeks to go over how things are going and how I'm implementing on the course, um, people are more likely to stick to it and actually keep going. So that has been really huge. And then um, we actually built the member directory inside of Access Ally for that reason, so that people could find each other and kind of connect offsite as well once they join the course and kind of get going and with an accountability buddy. That's great. Cindy? Um 
you've you actually mentioned to us earlier about um, like a strategy that you're really liking right now in terms of and you've you've called it the login opt-in strategy. Can you can you tell us what it is and and why you like it so much? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's something that we sort of did naturally (laughs) with our 30 day list building challenge. Um, And so what it was, was we just kind of offered something that was inside the membership site that was free. And once people logged in, they could see what else was available that was paid. So the login opt-in is basically you opt in, you get a login to the membership site, and then you also see what else is available that is either paid or free. Um, And so along the, along the way, we kind of realized like, wow, this is kind of brilliant. If you think about it, um, if you think about like Amazon or Google or pretty much Facebook, any big website, they, they have you log into their site, right? So that they know who you are. They know how to personalize your experience. Um, they know how to show you the next best thing that's going to be helpful for you, whether that's content or a product that they want you to buy. Um, and so that's the same thing that you can do in a membership site and obviously on a much smaller budget <laughs> and you don't have to be a big tech giant to do that. Um, and so that was kind of our big realization is that this works really well. Um, and it also just gives people that like, wow, I'm inside, you know, I'm on like, I'm on the inside of the inner circle. Um, we had clients who use this and they, um, one of them, her business is called um, the studio. So basically it's an art business. So when you join and you opt into her list, you become a part of the studio. You enter the studio as a free member, and then you see what else is available in the studio to kind of partake in. And so that has allowed her to really have kind of a cool experience that doesn't just feel like another online membership area that's like very basic and whatnot, but it actually has a feel and an experience to it. And I think that um, when you add that on top of the concept of logging in, um, really makes a really big difference. Yeah, I think it can really help with the whole community aspect of it as well. As you say, they log in, they're part of this group and the, you know, she's called it the studio, which also feels very inclusive as well. So that 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 that's an interesting strategy and I think it is a great way for people to showcase what they have to offer without necessarily having to sell to them via other means for sure. So it's a great idea. Jonathan Oh, and I was just going to add one more thing. Sorry about that is, um, you know, with marketing automation, which I'm a huge fan of, um, it's great, but then people are getting a lot of emails. So when you have them logged in, it's a different experience than just receiving another form of like marketing, right? Because you're in, you're already, you know, said you're interested enough to be logged in and kind of seeing what's available. So it's not as pushy and it kind of has a very different vibe than just another email or marketing thing. Yeah, I totally get it. That's great. We're going to wrap up the podcast of the the podcast part of the show, folks. Hopefully, Natalie is going to stay on for another 10, 12 minutes, and we're going to be delving in to what she thinks of WordPress Gutenberg. Um, how does she see WordPress against the online um, competition like Kajabi and Learnable? There's some of the things we're going to be covering. Natalie, um, how's the best way to learn more about you and your great products and services? Yeah, um, so people should go to accessally.com. That's A-C-C-E-S-S-A-L-L-Y.com. Um, you can also just look me up at 30daylistbuildingchallenge.com. And if you do that, you'll basically experience the whole thing. So you'll get the free challenge, see what Access Ally looks like on the, the back end, essentially, you know, as a, as a client or as a free member. Um, and then you'll obviously learn how to build your list. So if you're selling courses, that'll kind of help you um, bring more people to them. That's great. And Cindy, how do people find out more about you and your services? 
Well, you can find me at thecoursewhisperer.com. So if you're looking to create a course and need a little bit of help and maybe you don't have enough time to do it yourself, you can reach out to me and I can see how I can give you a hand. That's great. And if you want to go get hold of me, it's really easy, folks. And you want some consultation about your membership learning management system plans for world domination, go to the WP Toddick Club page and you can book a quick 15-minute chat with me totally free and I can look at your idea and we can work out if you're going to achieve world domination really quickly. Um, Thank you so much, Natalie, for joining us. If you really want to support the show, go to iTunes and subscribe to the show because that's what iTunes really looks at. The bigger the show gets, the kind of guests like Natalie I can get on the show and share their knowledge and expertise with you, the audience. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.